Are you listening? Damn. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 3M Egos. I'm Adam Morrow, and tweeting from their secret Twitter accounts, it's Kevin Durr, I mean, Mike and Marshall. How's it going, guys? What's going on, fam What's up, Adam? Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thanks for putting the team on your back while I was out. You know, it was, a, it was no easy task, but we were able to get it done. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it and put out some good episodes. Um, but we're going to get started now. We're going to talk about the week two action in the NFL. And uh, I know Mike is just itching to get uh, talking about the Cowboys and that Denver mm. loss. So why don't you just go ahead and, and lead off with that? Um, this is where we, uh, we need the clip to play old Aaron Rodgers. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> we're, we're, we're fine. Um, defense was down a lot of guys, um, early in the game before we even started, you know, and then, uh, the corner started to drop like flies quickly after that, um, injuries all over the field. Uh, I think Dallas scores that touchdown there at the end instead of a pick six. So we're looking at a 35, 24 game. Um, and it, and it appears much better than it is with the injuries, the way they are. Um, I, I, I think it's a complete overreaction, very similar to the Patriots in week one. Um, Tom looked pretty good yesterday, uh, and I expect Zeke and the Cowboys to look fine here going forward. Uh, I've no no more sweat today than than uh, any other week would be. I was gonna say, Mike, how serious were the injuries? Do they have like a timetable on how long this guy's gonna be out at all? I haven't seen much of a timetable. I mean, I was hoping Scandrick okay. stood up yesterday, uh, and he ended up not. So I'm not sure when him, Carroll are going to be back. Um, yeah. But, I mean, they're, they pretty much have a completely de- depleted secondary right now. Yeah. And as long as they get those guys back in a timely matter, uh, I-, I think they're going to be fine. Well, as a Cowboys fan, how do you feel about Jason Garrett just throwing Dak under the bus like that during his press conference? Mm. Um, again, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with us throwing a little bit of heat. I mean, let's be realistic here. I mean, Dak's kind of been a, anointed, uh, um, the Holy one right now in Dallas and, um, maybe throwing some heat on him here might bring out a side to him. Like we saw last year when, when he had Tony Roma breathing down his neck. Um, but again, I, I think everything would be an overreaction at this point. Things are bad as they seem when you lose and they're never as bad, uh, or they're never as good as they seem when you win. Uh, I think that 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 plays it comes into effect right here too. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't a huge fan of that. To be completely honest, I didn't think. Um, you know, I guess I could play off the whole holding one thing where Dak has been given a lot of excitement here, but to come in where Jason Garrett has a lot of question marks behind him as well, um, and to throw it all on one player, I wasn't the biggest fan. I, you know, hopefully, I, and I think Dak reacts well, but. It wasn't something that I was hoping he would come out and say after a loss like that, uh, you know, moving forward. I, yeah, I would and, like to see him. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. Go ahead. I'll, I'll come off you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to um, add on to what you were saying and the fact that it's an overreaction. I mean, this isn't like they went and lost to the Chargers or the 49ers, who also did happen to play pretty well last week. But, I mean, that going into Denver and playing the Broncos in their home field at altitude – and the way they've been looking these past two weeks, that's a tough game. And I mean, you're looking at a potential Super Bowl contender in Denver, both to, to all of our surprise. We didn't expect to see that, but they played really well. And, you know, losing to a team like that this early on, it, there's no need to overreact. And if anything, you're coming away really impressed with Denver. 
Yeah, and and with the press conference thing, I mean, like I said, from from a coach's side of things, I'm okay with it because I think it's all right to put a little heat on Zach and see if he can um, react to it in a positive way. But at the same time, um, I was really disappointed in, in Garrett yes, on Sunday exactly. more so, so than, I, than I've seen in a while. I, I just felt like uh, his whole demeanor from early in the game. I, I didn't like. Uh, I just didn't like the way he handled a lot of things. And then towards the end, um, it was an 18 point game. Uh, with 12 minutes left, I believe, and they had a fourth and three from the 50-yard line. And didn't go. I would have it. liked to see them go for that. I mean, the, if you miss it, you're going to lose anyways. Yeah. If you make yeah. it, at least the game keeps going, you know. And they they were starting to put some drives together. The momentum was starting to shift a little bit. Um, they just had that last touchdown to cut it to 18, and then again later on, they're down 18 again. And it's fourth down on the other side, and they could have kicked the field goal to cut it to two scores, and he decides to go for it there. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I had some question marks on, on on Garrett's coaching as well, but like I said, as far as the press conference itself, I'm okay with that end. What did you guys think it, about the way that he handled the game? It, it just didn't add up for me to come out like that um, after those two things. That's kind of what I was mentioning towards earlier is those two times where – you know, maybe you flip flop the scenarios and go for it and then, you know, take the points like you're saying, but you got to make different decisions there. In a situation where Denver's dominating the game, you need some sort of substance, you know, the options can get behind. But, uh, you know, you got the Cardinals Monday night next week, which is a big game. And, you know, the Cardinals have not looked great here early on at all, especially coming off that Colts game. Um, you know, I, I'm comfortable with them moving forward. Dallas here, you know, going, I don't think this is, like you said, Going back to the key theme here, just relax. Week two, they'll be fine. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Cardinals because real quickly, I want to touch on the yeah, quarterback absolutely. situation they have there. And I think they're going to be one of the more interesting teams in the offseason based off of how things are looking like they're going to go this season that they won't make the playoffs. Um, we know that injury that they have to David Johnson could – be for the majority of the season. And I want to ask if you think maybe that's for the best. Um, with the way that Palmer and the offense has been playing, in order to have a successful season and potentially have made the playoffs, they would have had to have run David Johnson into the yes. ground. Yes. And the mileage, the running backs just don't last long anymore. We've seen it time and time again. And the mileage that he would have taken would have – significantly shortened his career so now what you're looking at is he might you might just have such a bad record with the cardinals that you just keep him on put him on ir and you just you know check out and bring him in fresh for next season but you have this issue at the quarterback and a couple things that i've been thinking about that they have as possibilities i want to run past you guys or or this so palmer it, it looks like he's on the tail end of his career and he won't be the Cardinals quarterback next season. So do you think maybe they see how the situation plays out in Washington with Kirk cousins? Do they potentially go after Garoppolo if he, you know, doesn't get that start? I mean, he, he's not going to get the starting job over Tom Brady, but do you think he's going to get a little um, restless and want, and want out and get his own gig? Or do you think Honestly, we're going, I got one more that I think is very interesting too. Um, Indianapolis, they're they're going to have a bad record this season. They're they're going to have probably a top five pick and a quarterback heavy draft. So realistically, they're going to keep Andrew Luck. So that that pick is going to be up for sale. Do you think that maybe we see Arizona make a play at, at one of those picks and, and draft a quarterback? 
I think Arizona is they're an extremely unique situation where you got a guy like you said in David Johnson who's who's young, kind of coming into his prime right now, and then the rest of the roster though really is is full of guys that hit their prime there a couple years ago and are kind of on the tail end or completely outside of their prime, like Palmer and Fitzgerald. Where it's tough, man. I I feel like they're almost got to go into the whole complete rebuild mode, and and I'd even say. I'd probably move David Johnson. Um, I think that would be the best option in, in Arizona. I mean, a quarterback, you bring in a guy like Luck. I mean, obviously. Well, um, I didn't mean bring in Luck. I mean, trade. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If they make a move to the Colts to get one of those picks to bring in one of these young guys coming in this draft class, I just feel like by the time that quarterback would come into his prime, their offensive line, the, the guys on their line like Veld here and Ayupati and guys that – are pretty good for them normally they're gonna be pushing 35 36 years old by the time that guy's into his you know second third fourth year i just i feel like they're in a tough spot where they've got guys on the defensive side with with peterson and matthew are pushing their 30s and then on the offensive side you got guys that are in their early to mid 30s i think david johnson's actually the the odd man out where if i'm gonna go rebuild i probably move him to try and get a few pieces to to be able to to get better in the future because that Arizona Cardinal team is heading in the wrong direction. So you're saying that they could move that David Johnson could move David Johnson for that pick. That's going to be a high draft pick. I don't know if necessarily for that pick. I think for multiple picks or maybe multiple young pieces. But I, I worry with the, with the Cardinals that uh, what do you build around? I mean, you don't typically you're not going to build around a running back, and and they've got just so much age all over the field now that that there's. I thought that this year was going to be a year that we'd see if Johnson stayed healthy, that the Cardinals could really compete um, final year run at this. But I, I think maybe that, that that came already and that time's passed for them. You know, I mean, that, that, that group so, that they had two years ago, and we remember Marsh, you and I were on the road watching the, the playoff game when they were playing the Packers a couple years ago. But um, I, I just feel like it's not the same team that, that we were getting used to there for a little while. I felt like their window's kind of closing. So you do like them? I mean, that that makes sense, though. I mean, that's a good point. Um, they maybe they move that pick and get one of the young quarterbacks coming out because there's a lot of really good talent. Um, but I, I think the main note that needs to be hit on here is that Arizona's in some real trouble. You know, moving forward, you made some good points there. A lot of their talent just around the organization, um, outside of maybe a Tyron Matthew, Patterson, still pretty young and then David Johnson there's just a lot of old players um and it's not looking good David Johnson like you said Adam maybe this does play out well for him and he gets maybe you know another couple years on his career because they were going to lean on him heavily uh but the long run here does not look good for the Cardinals with just the senior players around the team quarterback situation looking dire at this point uh, maybe, maybe Adam, that is, maybe I, maybe I take option three there where you deal David Johnson and, and get that top pick, maybe something else as well and, and go from there. Hey, Marsh, you know, talk about talking about the Cardinals. How about it though? With our teasers, we, we pretty much had them in everything minus one <laughs> with the plus six. I mean, that turned into like the most exciting game of the morning for us. Oh you know, my gosh. It, it was, Marsh and I were texting back and forth, Adam, you know, we went over the, a lot of our, our teaser picks is the, the way we like to, to kind of gamble here. Um, and between that and the, the Eagles final touchdown right around the same time. I was ready for that. Yeah. Cause I had, I had the Eagles plus 11, um, yep. and it was a 14 point game. They scored with seven seconds left. So that, mm-hmm. that won us that end of the teaser. And then the only other one that we were missing on was the, the Cardinals Colts game. 
Um, we had the Cardinals minus one because it was a seven point line. So we added the six to the Cardinals and then they pulled that one out at the end. I, I mean, that was that was a hell of an exciting morning for Marsh tonight. The, the thing that I guess would be frustrating too from the Cardinals is we saw that late run, which we were both extremely excited about. But that's what that offense was really supposed to be doing, you know, the past couple of years. Bruce, Bruce Arians, extremely aggressive play caller, likes to throw ball, the ball down the field there. He's Fitzgerald. They have weapons in that offense. Um, you know, it's probably frustrating for those fans in that organization to play that poorly for three quarters and then be like, guys, you know, this is a terrible Colts team. You know, what are we doing out here? Well, um, going back to the Eagles Chiefs that you brought up, what do you think of that game? Because, um, I mean, I came away even more impressed with not just the Chiefs, but Kareem Hunt was just outstanding. <laughs> I think I'm impressed, honestly, with both teams after that game. You know, mm-hmm. the Eagles coming in, playing on the road against the Chiefs, Chiefs team that, you know, again, looks great as well. And to play like that, I know the late touchdown makes it look a little closer than maybe it was, but they had some strip sacks, some turnovers that were, you know, luck here and there. But, again, I, the Chiefs look amazing, and, and both teams, I think, improved. What do you think? I, f- I felt like the, the score at the end actually made the game look right around what it really should have been. I, I thought the Chiefs – benefited from a few plays down the stretch yeah. but I, that yeah. game could have gone either way uh, totally. my biggest takeaway was the 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 pressure that both teams are able to put on the quarterback uh, i mean if you can put pressure on that it looked like a playoff game uh, i yeah. mean those two teams they look they already look like they're in playoff form um and, and as a cowboys fan that that's pretty intimidating because that, that philly team looked really good i was gonna say the philly just yeah. like i mentioned in that in that last podcast when it comes back to that o-line and d-line if you can just put, you know, reasonable pieces around, you know, something like that, you're going to win a lot of games and be tough to beat in the playoffs. And, and they have them, and they have them on both sides of the ball. Exactly. I mean, sec- secondary is is shaky, but I mean, Seriously. Jeffrey looks good this weekend, and Wentz is looking better each week. Uh, Darren Sproles can make plays. Smallwood can make plays. I mean, they they they've got something brewing there in Philly. It's a yeah, it's scary for us NFC East guys. <laughs> yeah, and with the Chiefs, I, I just hope that it's sustainable because. Um, with the weapons they have, they're definitely a fun team to watch. And with the the style they play, it's, it's not so much checkdowns as you used to see. It's a lot of um, unique route running featuring, yes. you know, uh, Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt. But the loss of Barry, you're going to see her later on. And we've seen it time and time again with an Andy Reid team that they start off great when the games matter the least. But when the going gets tough, they just don't get going. And I, I hope I- it's a different case this year. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they've had some rookies step up and they have that defense is loaded. So I know Eric Barry's a big blow, but if there's a defense that has the talent to fill in, it's them. And then this offense just looks amazing. I mean, in terms of DVOA right now, they're number one in the league and the weapons, Kelsey, that formation that you talk about unique routes, unique formations they're throwing in there. They just have a lot of guys that, um, you know, the NFL is moving towards this positionless football. A lot of guys that can line up anywhere and be a threat. Yeah, Tyree Kill is becoming maybe the biggest weapon in, in the NFL because, man, they were starting to run plays where they'd have him run 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and yep. literally just appear like he's going off maybe an end around or something. But you have to account for that because if if you wait to actually see if he gets the ball there, he's gone. Yep. So I, yards, I, he brings something that that is so unique um, that I don't know if anybody else in the NFL can really replicate. I, I'd like to see maybe Cincinnati with that that completely depleted offense maybe try and do that with John Ross some. You know, um, but uh, they've got something there with Tyree Carroll that no one else in the league has shown that they're willing to do. And, and Cincinnati might be the only team capable of doing. 
And two, we haven't even seen it yet when um, they've been down, you know, heading late into the third or fourth quarter that you bring them out and like, they do bring them out in punt returns, but he's just such a threat out there. When the Giants would be down, they'd bring Odell out in punt returns. And it seems like probably one out of four or five times he was bringing it back. They always got called back for a hold, which any punt return does. But it's just such a scary (laughs) thing as a fan to see Tyreek Hill setting up to return a punt when you're only up by what, three? Exactly. That's not something you want to see. He's just so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what did you guys think of the, the game last night? Well, Mike, you and I both <laughs> thought the Packers would show out a little more. Um, it was high scoring, which we all expected. But at the end of the day, man, if Green Bay can't stay healthy and this injury bug just sticks with them, it's going to turn into Seattle where if you have parts of your team that are just completely decimated – there's nothing you can get around. I mean, they at the end of the game there where I get it, it's junk time, but they're making a comeback. You don't have Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, two key parts of that offense on the field. There's just nobody you can throw to. You got Geronimo Allison. I mean, what the hell is Aaron Rodgers supposed to do? I think it's just yeah, so yeah. funny with um, how wrong we were in, in the emotional aspect of it with two of these games. We thought that the Texans would just come out with so much energy and aggression and you know really just take control of the game after everything with Harvey and the exact opposite happened with them in Jacksonville and with Atlanta I I personally thought that with the excitement and the energy that they had going into their new stadium that it would be a little tough to uh, maintain and kind of you know play off that Super Bowl hangover they didn't exactly play the best against the Bears in week one and we couldn't have been more wrong on that. They they started off great. They they got a huge lead early on. They looked amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just being able to use that kind of energy week in, week out in that, that home stadium that, um, I mean, those fans are just absolutely insane. They, 70,000 of them came out for an MLS game. I mean, what what is that? Yeah, but I wouldn't say the Falcons are going to be – that first week is great, but that's not going to be a serious advantage for them. I just really think it comes down to the Packers' injuries and the Falcons looking a lot better here in week two, but um, the Packers just had nothing on the field at the end. Yeah, defensively, though, they, they, the Packers look like they couldn't do anything. Though I, I felt I had no confidence in them getting a stop. Uh, that offense for Atlanta looks incredible. And, you know, from a, yes. from a gambling perspective, like you and I were watching the game, uh, maybe – Give our listeners a little insight, but at eight for eight on my teaser going into that game, felt felt damn confident that my ten dollars <laughs> was going to be turned into a nice three hundred dollar cash out. And uh, Aaron Rodgers reminded me once again how much he hates Cowboys fans. Um, so not only does he drive down the field to end our season last year, but he just c- couldn't couldn't give me two more points last night. Just just two more, get it to plus nine at least. Uh, you know, I'll take I'll take the push. But man, that was that was quite the dagger, not at least getting three there at the end. And you talk about defense there. The Falcons were so impressive playing man-to-man, corners pressing up. I mean, that defense – I know, again, Green Bay was, you know, slided there in the wide receiver core, but that defense looked incredible, putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And they just have the speed to play man-to-man, put pressure, uh, which makes it really tough even for guys like Aaron Rodgers, let alone, you know, your average NFL quarterback. I think Rodgers gets so 
bored with the regular season. I mean, he early on in seasons, he literally does not look dialed in. Just doesn't seem to care. He's like, just does enough to get by. Uh, we'll be three and three around week six. I'll gauge and see if we need to start playing then. But really, when it's time to get desperate, all right, then I'll make sure we get into the playoffs. But I know I'm going to be there every year. I'm not going to waste my energy on it early in the year. That's literally my impression from him. Because, I mean, last night for the first two quarters, it really even that last drive, I mean, I, I know you're down in the game and you feel like you have no shot to win, but I mean, he just looked like he didn't want to be there. It's the LeBron complex. The LeBron, what is that? I've never heard. What's the LeBron complex? Well, I'm completely making this up as I'm going, but I mean, oh. it's, it's you're just coasting through the regular season, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. where you're going to be when mm-hmm. it matters most. So what do you have to put on the line for right now? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of teams taking that, but this year, freaking injuries are... I mean, guys are dropping like flies everywhere. Key players. Yeah, but Rodgers has shown in the past that he can he can beat teams whether they have injuries or not. I mean, they would end yeah. an absolutely embarrassed Dallas last year without a running back and with several injuries all over the field. I mean, that's true. There's a guy that that proves that you know, like everybody says, he's such a bad man um, that he's able to get things done no matter who's around him if he's interested. Well, what I saw last night, I, I felt like if that was a if that was later in the season, we would have seen more of an effort from Rodgers. Well, eventually there is a limit to being able to bring those practice squad guys up and Aaron Rodgers just makes the throws to get them open and they catch it. I mean, they're only so reliable to a certain point and, and you can well, only lose so many players before you do see that effect. You talk about a team that doesn't can bring up practice players, the Patriots, Patriots yeah, nine yeah. different guys ending with a reception. You have one wide receiver out there at the end of the game. I mean, they're, they're back right back to it. Right back to it. Well, that's the Bill Belichick system right there. He continuously finds these guys year in, year out that he inserts them into the system and, and they become, you know, assets to a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, and then obviously going into um, tonight's game with the, the Giants and the Lions, I believe uh, the Giants are a three-point favorite, I think, going into tonight. Um, yes, sir. What, what are your guys' takes there? Adam, how do you like your boys tonight? Is Odell playing? As of now, they say he's likely, <laughs> likely to suit up. If Odell's playing, then um, they have a fighting chance. But I mean, that team is just absolute trash with without Odell. They have they had nothing going in Week One. No run game, no pass protection, no receivers doing anything correct. Uh, I mean, the defense was good, but the defense can only play like so well, you know, without an offense staying on the field. No have faith a chance, in the boys. You, you've got you've got to give your team more faith than that. I mean, if they no got a man, I, I think they're they're even more than a, a three point favorite tonight. Uh, really, I'm less optimistic. I'm I've not been a fan of Eli for a very long time, and everything that I saw last week just there. enforces my opinion of that. And unless oh, they, they they make some major adjustments in the past week, then it, it could be another long night. But I mean, if with Odell playing, it's a different animal. We haven't seen that this offense working with him this season, but that that's the true load right there. The luckiest of all time, Mr. Eli Manning himself. I mean, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that note. If they had somebody else there, I'd, I'd feel less confident as a Cowboys fan, but I think as for tonight though, if, if Odell plays, I mean, he's too explosive. They're going to put up numbers and that defense is going to get stops. Um, I think Marsh, oh. Marsh, go ahead and give me your takeover on the game. Then we'll go ahead and get into 
what it means on the gambling side of things for us. <laughs> so for me, gambling is the most important thing here this evening. So I'm going to start with what I have on Detroit. Um, I teased them up to plus 16. I, I like Matt Stafford. He He's going to get points. Um, the starting linebacker there for the Giants is out. Odell's not going to be 100%. I get if he's even playing, it's a huge benefit. Um, but if I can give a Detroit – offense Matthew Stafford Galloway looked amazing there they have weapons if I can give him 16 points I feel great and incredibly what are you teasing them are you teasing them 13 yeah I got I did I did a four and tease at 13 just because I wanted to feel real comfortable on Monday night real comfortable oh yeah 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 I get it I have um I still have uh, like I said earlier I I had the eight for eight going I needed the ninth one would have been the Packers game would have given me a clean nine for nine for the weekend and I would have won that 300 but I actually have a second one there um, that I'm currently eight for eight on. Um, and I have over under 36. That's teased down. It was at yes, 42. score points. I have it at 36. So I'll be honest with you. At this point, I wish I would have gone the other way and went the under 48. Um, but I, I'll be rooting for this game to get over 36. So I'm hoping Odell breaks a couple early on and, and Stafford can put together some points because uh, we need at least 20 to 17 out of them tonight. <laughs> Let's score some points. I doubt it. If you're looking for someone to defend Eli, look somewhere else because I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess we'll close this uh, this podcast here, episode five, the return of uh, Mr. Morrow. Yes, sir. Um, Adam, you want to go ahead and close the show for us, buddy? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it away. Uh, all right. Don't know whether we'll be back on Thursday morning or Friday. We haven't checked our schedule. Our assistant will let you guys know. Absolutely. But um, be sure to look for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for those uh, hot gambling picks. Check us out. Submit your questions to 3 Podcast at gmail.com. We'll answer them if you submit them. Uh, don't necessarily have to be about sports. They could be about anything you want us to answer. Anything you want. Dating advice, life advice. Love it. You ask it, we'll answer it. So thanks for listening. That's all the time we got. We'll see you again later this week. Peace. Over 36. Fire Eli.